Welcome to The Mechanism. I'm Davey Johnston and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Ash. Ash, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hi Davey, good to be here. I know it's taken a little while for us to uh, finally get here and uh, and get this podcast up and running. So um, yeah, good that we've actually managed to do it. Um, Yeah, so I'm Ash. Um, Some people might know me from... uh, you know, quite active. Well, not so much lately because I've had a little one recently, but on uh, UFO Twitter from the UK side, um, UK UAP. Um, so yeah, we, we got to know each other uh, through mutual connections in the, in the UFO Twitter space. Um, yeah, so just a little bit of back, back, background about me. Um, been heavily involved, um, well, interested in the subject for quite some time now, a number of years. Uh, my background is in, is in policing and law enforcement. Um recently left that role after 16 years now work in the private sector so yeah i've got a background in kind of investigation uh, intelligence gathering all that kind of stuff so uh, operational policing so very much interested in kind of the uh getting get to the grips of where's the evidence behind you know uap um, strange unexplained phenomena that kind of stuff uh, and trying to really pick out the patterns and and why things are how they are and what it might lead to so yeah got a very that kind of a methodical investigative background on things so that's that's kind of my angle on it very very different to mine i have to say <laughs> i don't have that investigative um clinical procedural based background so it's good to have your um expertise in that field as part of this yeah, it's, it's a good mix. I think a good blend of skill sets and and background. So um, I think you, you need a good mix, don't you? Of different mindsets and, and different experience on things. So I think it's it's really useful to have. Um, so so yeah, I mean, do you want to tell us a little bit, just briefly, who you are and Davy, and and um, and we'll go from there. And I'm sure we'll tease out, you know, why we were interested in the subject as we as we go along. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm Davy Johnston. I am a business coach a cycling coach, a cyclist, a yoga teacher. I am a man of many hats and I, I definitely don't have that investigative background that you do. I come from a, a linguistics background originally and I now work in, a, in the major sustainability sector where I work in, in the sales team. But uh, like you, this, in, this topic has been a huge interest of mine for a long, long time. I did note one thing that you said that we do have in common, which is spotting the patterns in this. It's looking at that broader view and trying to see what recurs, what ties in with other elements as well. And that's certainly something that I have a huge interest in with relation to this topic. Yeah, definitely. I think it's. I think the more you you delve into this topic, and the more you look at it, the more you do start to pick up on those patterns, and you you start to make those connections, don't you? And it, and it just, it's that kind of, you know, you're just unearthing things every 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 step you take. You're finding something else. It's kind of. Uh, I always think of it as kind of, you're in a car and the headlights, or you're going down a tunnel, and you're just you're just seeing that one tunnel bit. But every now and then, the, the, you kind of turn, and then the light shines on something else, and you you can see something different that you end up going down a completely different rabbit hole. Um, so, so Davey, what was it? What kind of sparked your interest? Like, when did this happen? Was this was this as a child, or was this kind of more of a thing in adult life? What, what was the kind I of think spark? I, was, I think I was born into this. I did a little bit of a research before we spoke today to just try and clarify exactly how old I was when I first really got into this subject. So, I was born in the nineteen seventies. I am a, a child of the seventies and the eighties, and. In 1980, there was a television series called Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, which covered everything from the pyramids to ghosts to cryptids, UFOs, crystal schools. So I was seven years old when that came out. And I also was fortunate enough at about the same time to pick up a a book in the school library. This was actually a couple of years earlier called The Usborne World of the Unknown Book of UFOs. I was six years old when I first read that book, and it absolutely captivated me. It was a book that treated the subject as if it was no different to the Norman invasion or any other historical event. It was just written as a factual-based book. And so as a six-year-old child, this was presented to me in a way that any other topic I was reading about from the school library was. It wasn't unusual it wasn't unknown it was just another topic and it didn't mock it didn't mock the topic which no, i think treated it really seriously high quality documentation very critical and analytical as well which again allowed me to stimulate that young mind at that age 
and it's been with me ever since. I now have my own two young children, one who's 10 and one who's eight. And one of the first things I did when they got to reading age was I bought them both a copy of the very same book. Well, I'm not I'm, trying to indoctrinate them or force them, but I just knew what this did for my worldview at such a young age. And I must say as well for people listening, Davey very kindly sent me a, a nice copy of this as well. It is a great book and I can see why, you know, as a child, you would be fascinated by that and taken into the, to the subject. So uh, it's definitely worth a look at if, um, if, if anyone's not seen it. Um, yeah. So did this? How did, about you? Yeah. What so brought it, you into this? Sorry. It's, no, that's all right. It's, it's really hard to pinpoint, really. I mean, I just, I just feel like I've always been interested in it ever since. Uh, you know, again, as a young child, I was always buying, you know, uh, mystery books, conspiracy books, um, yeah, UFO books. Uh, I don't know if you remember the old Filofax things. You know, we used to the little, <laughs> the little ring binders where you'd buy little cards and little inserts. Um, I mean, kids nowadays wouldn't, wouldn't have a clue what they were, but. Um, I used to love going in bookshops and yeah, I'd always be buying the, you know, this is the file of facts on ghosts. This is the one on unexplained phenomena. Um, and I also remember my dad, he used to have a lot of, a lot of books. My dad's very much in, into reading, which is great. And as I've got older, he's sort of given me quite a lot of his books as well. And I remember having a, a look at one of his books and it was, a it just had a picture of like a, a glowing UFO on the, on the front cover. It was quite a haunting image and it was a, it was a, and Marks and Spencer's book, where back then everything was called St. Michael, I think it was. It was like that yeah. old, their brand was St. Michael. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a book with a big UFO on the front. And it was like the unexplained, it was unexplained, I think it was called, something like that. And it, it was a really haunted image. And it just kind of, again, got you wanting to find out more and ask more questions. And it, it had everything in there from, from UFOs, ghosts, you know, black cat sightings to all kinds of stuff and it just it just gripped me and um he also had a book on folklore as well uk folklore um and yeah i was just i was just hooked and i think it's just gone on from there um and then that coupled with you know experiencing some strange things throughout my life as well which i'm sure we'll get into at some point over the over the episodes um yeah, some you know something will happen, and then it leads to you asking more questions, doing a bit more research, trying to open some more doors and find out, you know, why things are happening, what they mean, what it's linked to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been a lifelong fascination, really. Um, I don't know about you, but it goes in kind of waves. I'll, I'll be more, I'll be more interested, maybe for a couple of months. Then I need to take a, a step back, or life gets in the way, and you don't really, uh, you're not really reading as much doing as much research or as active in the community and then something will happen or you suddenly you've got a bit more time on your hands and you, and you you go all guns blaze and then you get back into it again so it's, it's kind of been a yeah a bit of a wave pattern um throughout my life of, of, of interest i think there's something really intriguing there there are two parts i'd like to pick up the first one is that wave pattern because i see exactly the same it's i it's interesting i would describe it as cyclical Mm. It goes through yeah. phases in my life and it, it, it actually occurs, or the, I think there may be some patterns with what's going on in my life at different times as well. So certainly as a young child, I think there's a, an element of you're learning the world and you're trying to form what your view of the world looks like. But certainly just as you said, I've had periods, in fact, I've had probably had periods of upwards of five to 10 years occasionally when I've had nothing to do with the topic. No interest in it, not read it, not watched anything about it. It's still there in the back of my mind. It's ticking away. And there will be unusual things that happen to me, just as you said. I get mm. the odd unusual experience, which makes me go, hang on a minute. And it, I almost feel like I'm living in two worlds sometimes. I'm living in the the, the normal world, the day-to-day -day world. The uh, For me, very much with my work, it's a, a corporate-based world where that's that's the focus of life but then occasionally something will just trigger that moment and i'll drop straight back into the topic and it's like i've never been away um, but there's definitely a cyclical nature there and i think there's something again we talked about spotting patterns i think there's probably a piece of work there for somebody to do yeah, in terms of definitely. what those triggers are for people that brings us back to the topic I don't, we won't cover it now but it's just worth mentioning i think because we, we you know we were going to hopefully devote, devote a whole episode to synchronicities and things like that but um do you find that the cyclical nature of things you know if you have been away from it for so long something will happen and it's almost like it's, it's pulling you back in um it it's calling you back. It talks yeah. to you. There's an element of, you know, staring into the abyss and the abyss stares back at you to, uh, to quote somebody far wiser than me. And uh, there is definitely that element of it that it, 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 it connects with you. It pulls you back in just as you said there. Um, so for you, have you noticed any 
relevance to those periods when you're involved or when you're not involved? What, in relation to it trying to pull you back? Yeah. And Well, I mean, I think I mentioned to you a few months back, I was having the, the weird thing with every time I looked at my smart meter, it seemed to be on triple digits. And I know quite a lot of people have mentioned this. And it's, you know, how much of that is is me only noticing it because I'm aware of that being, being a thing? Um, and how much of it is actually a genuine genuine phenomenon? Well, we, we won't know. Um, but it, it is quite funny. It does sort of seem as it did seem to tie in with me not being as active involved in, in the subject and reading around it and researching. Obviously I changed jobs and got a little one now, um, nine month old. So it's, yeah, life's kind of got in the way of me looking into that in a good way. Obviously I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, does, it, it did sort of seem as though there was little things sort of happening to kind of say, hang on a minute, just nudging you. I'm still here. Yeah. There's, there's still questions to be asked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean we'll, we'll, We'll go proper in depth, I think, when we talk about synchronicities. But I think there is definitely something there. Um, but I get, it goes back to how do you interpret that? Everyone's different. Some people will just say, "Oh, it's just a coincidence." When do, yeah. when does it stop being a coincidence? When does it turn into actually? No, this is something to take notice of. This is a synchronicity. It's, it's very hard to differentiate, I think. And I don't think there's really been any major studies done on that. It's kind of so out there that who who looks into this sort of stuff? Yeah, it's still sort of fringe, isn't it? And I know it's, you know, we talk about Jungian philosophy and the idea of synchronicities there. But again, I think an element of this is, is the relevance that, that you are attached to it or you assign to it. And that's not to say that's any more or less valid. Um, mm. One of the other things I'd just like to come back to, again, you talked about how as a, a young child seeing that book of your dad's, the, the haunting UFO picture on it. One thing that occurs to me, and I'd just like to hear your thoughts on it is, in those formative years, we are learning the world around us and we're learning what we're connected to. We're learning what we're separate from. And mm -hmm. there is at very early age this, this concept of, of connectedness and separation. And we are told as, as young children, we are literally told fairy tales. Yeah. And we are told stories. And at the same time, we're, we're being told what's real and what's not real. And so I begin to wonder, with both of us having had this exposure to this idea of what is paranormal, what is supernatural at an early age, whether that actually allows you in a, in a way to, to be more open to it as you grow older. So, for example, if you hadn't been exposed to that as a young child, maybe your worldview makes that acceptance of that in later years harder to come to. What do you think about that? Oh, I agree. I, I definitely think there's a... There, there is a there is something there you know if you're if you're aware of these things you're more open to them um i guess it's kind of you it goes back to being able to frame it doesn't it and put it into into a way that you can understand you know if you've never read a book on that and some people will say that because you've read a book on that that's why you're associating that with with that say a ufo for example you know actually what yeah. you've seen is a is a uh prototype jet from the military or whatever but because you've read a ufo book suddenly you're just going to assume it's a ufo i mean i disagree with that i think the more you read and the more you're exposed to a variety of different things the better you are actually differentiating what something is or isn't because you've got a bet you've got a better frame of reference haven't you um but yeah I, I do think that if you are exposed to things as a younger child you're kind of making those those connections you know you're, you're getting your neural networks and everything connected in the brain and and you're uh yeah perhaps there is something around you're more open to it and then whatever this experience is this this you know outside of consciousness or, or within consciousness people experiencing these things perhaps that is that's where it happens when you're younger you're open to it um and again we will touch upon this in more detail but you you look at children when they re report seeing and having imaginary friends and things like that yeah to them it's real um you know that that there is there is an entity there that they're interacting with so are we more open as children and and, and we kind of lose that ability as we get older to interact with the phenomenon it's um, certainly something that interests me and there, yeah, there's there's so many reports isn't there of, of children experiencing things and parents don't you know they're so oh, there's nothing in your room um yeah so yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting point, and hope, yeah, let, let's touch upon that in, a, in an episode at some point because I think there's a lot there that we could unearth. We certainly will. At this point, what I will do for all of the listeners, and I, I will just invite all of the listeners out there to contact us and let us know what your introduction to this phenomena was. And we're talking very loosely about the phenomena. So we will, uh, in a little while, clarify what mm -hmm. we mean by the phenomena. 
So yeah, first of all, I just, as I said, encourage anybody out there to reach out to Ash and I and just tell us, let us know what your introduction was to this and, and what you, why you feel you're drawn or connected to it. Moving on from that, what I will do is I'll explain a little bit about the title, the mechanism. Mm. And uh, Ash, this was your title initially, but as soon as you mentioned it, it resonated with me and struck a chord that I was like, yes, that's that's what this has to be called. And to sort of shed a little bit of light on it, I'll just read out a couple of definitions of what mechanism means. So first of all, mechanism, a natural or established process by which something takes place or is brought about. And then if we go to the philosophical definition of a mechanism, it is the doctrine that all natural phenomena, including life and thought, can be explained with reference to mechanical or chemical processes. That's perfect, I think. Both 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 elements there sums up what you know what we're going to be discussing and what it's about. For me, the real interest within those both of those definitions is the use of the word natural. Mm. And we think very much that the modern scientific world has come out of the study of nature, the study of the world that is around us. And both of these talk about the, a mechanism being the means by which that is held together, that framework that connects it, that makes it run. And for me, what we're going to be talking about in all of our future episodes are those things that perhaps lie outside what is generally considered natural. So people will often talk about the supernatural or the paranormal. Mm. And again, there's some really key elements to that that I think need to be touched upon. So for example, paranormal simply means that which is next to the normal. And something that is supernatural is simply something that is beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding. So it's not saying that these things aren't real. Mm. It's not saying that these things are beyond our understanding. It's simply saying they're beyond our current level of understanding. I think that's really important to differentiate. And I, and I think this is where your background in linguistics and, and like the meaning of, of words and everything like that is going to be really important because um, I think a lot of people misconstrue what those words mean. Um, and to be fair, I think I have as well. You know, um, over time, it's only recently through speaking with yourself and understanding things a bit more that I've realized that. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really good point, Davey, and well worth um, mentioning. So that's what we're, we are going to be bringing you on the mechanism. We are going to be taking that which lies beyond our current levels of understanding and combining my uh, rather limited linguistic talents and Ash's investigative and analytical mind to take these rather complex concepts, these unusual and strange ideas, and hopefully explain them in simple terms that anybody out there can understand and can begin to apply to their day-to-day life. Yeah, definitely. I think a big part of what I want to do is try and break things down into layman's terms, like you say, simplify things, because these are very complex subjects and, and um, they're in very interesting. They're very interesting, but I think it puts a lot of people off because it, it can be quite complex and can be really difficult to, to grasp. So uh, we'll do our best to um, try and break things down into <laughs> a simple format as possible and I really encourage uh, wider thinking and and kind of that personal journey that everyone has when they when they get involved in this topic. Uh, I mean, it's going to be heavily spe- speculative at times, I think. But for me, and I know for you as well, that that's what makes it interesting. You know, the, we have to speculate about things, and it's nice to have a platform to be able to do that. It is, and you and I have spent a lot of time bouncing thoughts, concepts, and ideas backwards and forwards each other. So there's going to be a lot of that going on here. And again, I encourage the listeners out there to to send us your thoughts, to send us your ideas, and and to challenge us and politely, of course, please. But um, <laughs> we don't know about just yet. To, yeah. No, we're, we're here to be educated, so you know, and informed. And we're certainly going to touch upon things that are towards the metaphysical. And again, that's another one here, another term that again we can get deep into and break down what is metaphysical. Again, it's it's that which is just beyond our, our current levels of understanding and, and yeah, an, ex, an expression, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's worth mentioning, I think we've touched upon it, but why we're, why we're here, what we're actually hoping to achieve with the podcast, it is really to kind of 
grasp everything, all these kind of often seemingly siloed subjects that are kind of loosely connected. Uh, what's the common thread between them? You know, some might say it's consciousness, but what is consciousness? Obviously, we'll delve into that. But what is the common thread that links all of these seemingly random topics, whether it be UFOs, whether it be ghosts, supernatural, Bigfoot, whatever, you know, paranormal activity, poltergeist activity. What 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 is all of these these unexplained things? Um, how does that all link together? What is the mechanism that sits behind it? Um, that's really what we're we're aiming to do here, and and hopefully chucking a bit of um, science where we can and, and understanding. And it'd be really great at some point to have some some experts in the field, or different guests with academic backgrounds, and and really try and. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest, we're not going to get to the bottom, we're not going to solve things, but we can at least ask those oh, questions. I, don't know. I, think, I, think, I think we can give it a good go. <laughs> we can give it a go. Two minds as great as ours, you know, where, where, where millions before us have failed, yeah. we can surely succeed. Now, I, I agree, this is not a topic that we're going to profess to give you the answers on. And again, this is one of the areas that Ash and I have discussed in depth is we don't want to be coming out here and necessarily just reporting what's happening in, in the world around these phenomena. We want to be throwing out questions for you. We want you to be going out and challenging your world around you, challenging your understanding. It's my belief, and it is a belief, that the better we begin to question the world around us and anything around us, that the better we chance we have of understanding it and breaking down some of the limiting factors and limiting areas that shape our world around us. You know, we live in a world where... If I was to say to you, for example, I'm a 50-year-old man from Ireland, I'm not. Incidentally, you are immediately beginning to draw up in your mind what a 50-year-old man from Ireland would be. And we have these, these concepts of unconscious bias, and they have served us in stages of our development in terms of fight, flight, and freeze, and our social development. But Turning a light on those and making ourselves aware of those allows us to broaden our perspectives, allows us to consider new ways of thinking. I love it. No, absolutely. Um, I think you're right. And, and you know, it's, it's important that everyone understands that everyone has this. It's, in, it's, an, in, it's an internal part of being human. You will have those unconscious bias and you will have you know, that built in, you know, have your own internal mechanism that kind of... Um, Again, like you were saying, that, that's been created from when you were a child, and you were absorbing everything in, and you were learning what it what it is to be human and what it is to to evolve as as a human being. But you've got that internalized, and it's important to recognize that you have got unconscious biases, and it can be limiting on how you see the world and how you interpret things. So, if we can just scratch underneath the surface a little bit, and this podcast can help some way in in helping as it's going to help us. You know, we're doing it because we're interested in it, and we want to do it, but it if it helps the listeners as well and helps other people explore these different paths to go down, then I think that can only be a great thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you touched on earlier, we are going to take a really broad, broad church approach to this. We are going to be talking to people with scientific academic backgrounds. We are going to be talking to people who are based on our current understanding of the world, a little bit more out there, a little bit more woo but again, it's by exploring those areas that lie outside the current frame of reference, the current world, that we begin to broaden and look at see what can happen. And we're not condoning, we're not supporting anybody necessarily. Um, we're just putting these out there for people to to feed upon and to make your own minds up and your own decisions. Absolutely. I think it's important to have an open mind. I think if you if you shut off a particular um outlook or or theory um you're only limiting yourself aren't you you're never going to understand um what, what the true nature of what's going on if, if you just poo poo certain ideas because you don't like that person or you think it's a little bit too out there um you know you've only got to look at some scientific discoveries that for, for many many years were, were deemed to be woo and out there and now they're established fact they're established science um you, you know we've only, you've only got to look at the quantum realm that's uh, very much no one really understands that you know on a deep level um we can theorize why things do happen but then things once you hit the quantum world it, it is kind of unexplained at the moment and it's we, we as humans seem to go through evolution don't we and you know for, for a period of time something is unexplained and it's kind of it's got that stigma attached to it it's got that that woo attached to it and then suddenly someone has the 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 balls to go above the parapet and say no i'm going to actually investigate this i'm going to use a rigorous method this is I, i'm going to you know solve what this is or at least under, try and understand it a bit better and then before you know it you've 
you've established uh, it's now oh well, that's scientific fact. Whereas a hundred years before, you, you'd have been burned at the stake, you know. So it's, <laughs> it's yes, I'm a heretic. Burn him! Burn yeah, him! Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, but that's what we see, isn't it, with stuff like this? And it's only the last few years in relation to UFOs and things like that that we've really seen people taking it seriously and people in authority taking things seriously. Yeah, I'll come back to one little bit that you mentioned there about being open-minded because it reminds me of a beautiful quote from the uh, the greatest philosopher of our times, Groucho Marx. One needs to be open-minded, but not so open-minded that the wind blows through. That's that's great. <laughs> so, whilst, so whilst we're going to play with these wild ideas again, we're going to do it with a critical mind and, and not just blanket accept anything that everybody says to us no that's that's really important that's a great analogy actually um that's a really good analogy yeah, i like that <laughs> thank you <laughs> i can't take credit for that one <laughs> no but you've got the brain to remember all of these lovely quotes and things like that whereas <laughs> i don't so it's nice for you to throw those in so you talked there about some of the areas we are going to cover and you, you mentioned that again you know what has brought us together is really the ufo uap mm-hmm. world it's, it's how we've got to know each other through the uh, the wonderful UFO Twitter and also through meeting in the last 12 months at a couple of UFO events and appearing on other people's podcasts. So a shout out to Frank on UFO Thinker for having us on there and a shout out to Calling All Beans, to DJ Deb, uh, Nathan and the rest of the, the cabbie crew. So yeah. thank, thank you all for giving us our first sort of taste of this and our exposure and, and also in getting us together. Um, you touched there as well about touched upon there as well about how in the last few years there's been a significant shift in terms of the acceptance of ufo uap mm-hmm. are you able to just talk us a little bit about through for you what that's meant for, for me personally um it's yeah. meant that um you know when i'm speaking to friends and family that perhaps aren't as interested in the topic or, or not 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 as knowledgeable um You've almost got a bit of ammunition to say, well, don't don't instantly just belittle me and laugh at me. This is serious stuff, you know. The, the, the most powerful nation on earth are now looking at this uh, seriously. Um, so yeah, I think it's 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 enabled the topic to be discussed more openly uh, in a more serious and inquisitive manner, um, without it being belittled or mocked. I think. Um, I think it's enabled more open discussion, and I think we we're starting to see as well going back to academia and, and that kind of thing, we're starting to see, you know, people like Abby Loeb and, and uh, kind of those sort of projects and, and sort of esteemed ac- academics getting involved in this topic now. Um, whereas beforehand, I, I don't think we would have seen that. So I think it's certainly for, it's forwarded the conversation uh, quite, quite progress. It's progressed quite a long way. I think from where it was, we're still not hundred percent there and perhaps we never will be there, but I think it's got people talking about it. And from a personal level, I've I've gone from having just a few people that I know I can talk about it to now having the confidence that actually I can speak to anyone about it when the moment's right and I've got things to back it up with now. I don't know how you feel about that. Is, is that similar? Exactly the same. So I, as I said, this this my interaction with this topic goes in waves and cycles. And I actually missed the December 2017 article in the new york times don't know how i missed it it i just wasn't i was engaged in other things in my world and my life at that time but since that date i sense a huge shift in the mainstream acceptance and the mainstream approach of of ufo stroke uap as an acceptable phenomena and exactly as you said the fact that the largest nation on the largest most popular largest nation on earth the most developed nation the whatever you want to call the us is now openly saying that ufos uap are real and that for me is a huge step that people talk about what is disclosure that is certainly an element of disclosure they are saying that this phenomenon this uap ufo is real the fact that they are now setting up several different groups to research it through the the us military industrial U.S. military intelligence agency. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> Nearly slipped out there. <laughs> Freudian, Freudian slip there. Yeah, I can, I'm not far from Menwith Hill, so having dropped that one in, they'll be tuning in and recording this anyway. We don't <laughs> oh, need to well, send them a copy. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it gives it a level of acceptance that we haven't seen before. And the fact that it is in mainstream media, and again, you know, 
thanks to the likes of, of Chris Sharp here in the UK and some of the, the work he's been doing to to have articles and, and again our friends at um, UAP Media UK to have these stories treated seriously by the mainstream media is is a sea change to the point where I am now I was in a, a corporate senior executive meeting three months ago and I have on the back of my laptop one of Dan Zetterstrom's wonderful little Nimitz Tic Tac stickers on the back of my laptop. Oh yeah, yeah, great and artwork like that. It's brilliant, isn't it? And I had one of our senior executives saying, "Oh, is that the thing where they were dropping out of the sky? They were raining like fly, raining like flies down upon this this U.S. naval battleship." And this is a guy who lives in Germany, works in the sustainability industry. Mm. No interest in the paranormal. No interest in. He's, he's the most. Straight down the road. The most binary, but yeah, he's the yeah. most typically pragmatic, objective. Absolutely, everything has to be procedurally based mm-hmm. and by the book. And he was familiar with this. And we sat and we talked for twenty minutes about what it could be and how it could appear. And so it's now become something that I can talk about in a in a meeting of senior executives, which is certainly something I couldn't have done before. When I think back to, to the 1990s, when I was really um, first getting really to grips with this phenomenon and doing a lot of research and reading myself, I was, I was, a, I was known as, as UFO Dave or Alien Dave. I was a kook. I was a, a, bit, <laughs> a bit of a, a loon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that was, that was fine by me at that point. I was a young, youngish man and that was part of my identity. But it, it is more acceptable. It's more mainstream, and exactly as you said, we now have the 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 ammunition, the tools to go back to people who say, "Oh, it's all just you know swamp gas and balloons." Mm-hmm. Well, if it was swamp gas and balloons, why are the U.S. government spending so much money on investigating this as they are now? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you've said there. Do you, do you think, because I've got my own views on this, but do you think that now the kind of floodgates are opened in relation to UFOs, it it, um, it enables a wider discussion, a more open discussion on all of the other associated phenomena that we've we've met, briefly mentioned, you know, such as, uh, you know, entity encounters, uh, cryptids, all that kind of stuff. Do you, do you think it, it's going to, I mean, we've, we've seen it with kind of Skinwalker Ranch and what the DIA were doing there. It, it, you know, do, do you think it's going to, it's going to progress even more than that. Do you think we're going to start having more serious discussions as we are with UFOs and UAP? I absolutely do. And I, so my first, the first part of this, when I talk, when I think about this disclosure and I think about the acceptance of this is there was a, a document published in the sixties by the Brookings Institute. And a part of that was a study on how you would introduced to the public the concept that there is life in outer space and i looking back at that you can almost see that that's what's been happening through education through the the broadening of the media through film and television the likes of close encounters the x-files through entertainment you normalize that idea of the unusual of the the paranormal the supernatural and to bring it back to, to the present day, exactly as you said, we are not only, and it, it, it feels to me like there is a, a, a pattern behind this. So the first thing we had when we look back to, to the 2017 article was that this was a physical nuts and bolts technology that they, they, were, that they were investigating with the hope of A, understanding it, and B, perhaps even being able to implement it. And then they slowly start to introduce some of the more unusual elements of it. And we start to talk about the the, the experiences people who have had encounters with non-human intelligences. And we're actually seeing a new lexicon to describe mm. these elements. And I, I'm if I was a betting man, which I am not, <laughs> I would say the next element that we are going to see within the US government investigations and documentations just as we've seen the word UFO change to UAP and that term UAP change. So it's, you know, UFO, unidentified flying object, UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena, and is now unidentified anomalous phenomena. And we will talk about that a little bit more and what that means in a future episode. Mm-hmm. I think we will also start to see, just as I said, there's some new lexicon. So I 
if I were a betting man, I would put money on the fact that we will start to see NHI appearing in this documentation and in this research through the likes just, of just the listeners, and the Can Bruins. you explain what that is? Absolutely. NHI, non-human intelligence. Yeah. And I actually think it's a really lovely term because it's anything with an intelligence that's not yeah. us. It's quite all-encompassing, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a good good description, I think. It, le- yeah, it leaves the door open. It does, and we're starting to see that with with the, the likes of the ORSAP programme and what they were studying at Skinwalker Ranch. I'm sure there's more to come out around there. And we're also seeing things like the term the hitchhiker effect. Mm. That didn't exist three or within the, the public domain three or four years ago. And now people will talk about these entity attachments, these poltergeist-type activities, as the hitchhiker effect. So I really do think that the door is is opening to, just as you said there, this overarching idea that UFOs might not be extraterrestrials, might not be aliens. They, some of them may be. It's, it may prove to be. We don't know. But it does allow that tagging of these other things to come under this umbrella mm. of of what has historically been known as the paranormal, the supernatural. No, I like that. I think you've put really succinctly put there. Um, and it links back nicely to the whole idea behind this, po- this podcast, doesn't it? The mechanism. What is the mechanism that sits behind all of that? What is that thread that joins it all together? Is there a thread? And, and it's going to be really interesting to uh, to delve into that. I uh, just wanted to quickly ask you a question of one thing you touched upon. You mentioned about um, how through uh, media, films, TV, the kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, how, how the phenomena, UFOs, the topic itself has, has been gradually fed into culture and, and you know, um, yeah, I guess culture is the way, the way to put it in, in, into, a, into the human psyche and, and culture. Do you think that that was that has been intentionally planned as some people would have it believed, you know, like there's some cabal behind kind of like a, a forced disclosure over X a period of time? Or do you think it's just part of natural human development and it's just part of the natural evolution of of humanity that we would it's almost like we seem to be uh, we're almost like a step behind we have we have to be fed this information before we accept we're accepting of it uh, a little bit like the, the whole kind of like airship phenomenon in, in the 1800s yeah. you know it, this technology just seems to be just slightly ahead of, of where we're at and it's almost like our minds and our mindset needs to evolve before we can be accepting of it if that makes sense i don't know what your thoughts are on that I'm torn on this one because the, the very existence of the, the Brookings document study suggests that there, there has been a plan to do this, to indoctrinate and inculcate into our understanding. And exactly as you said, I think culture is, is the, the perfect way to describe it. This idea that we're not alone. There are these other things that are around us. But I also note that parallel that historically the the phenomena has always sort of appeared to be almost within our grasp. So Mm. we've moved, just as you said, from the the rocket ships, the Foo Fighters, to silver discs, to Tic Tacs, to orbs and light beings as this stage, as if it's almost, as you said, coaxing us and encouraging us along. And I'm torn as to whether that is a function of the phenomena itself. And I know... Some researchers and investigators believe it is. They believe that it's almost like part of a control mechanism that's encouraging our development. Or whether this is a function of the limits of our understanding. So we define and describe the phenomenon using those terms that are relevant to us. And if you see something flying through the sky and the only th- and the next cultural innovation for your world, your way, your worldview at that time is rockets you will assign or describe that as a rocket. If you're looking out for shiny aeroplanes, because again, going back to the 60s and 70s, aeroplanes tended to be aluminium. They didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of paint on the side. And you're seeing these reflective ships. Maybe that's what we're looking at. I I don't know. Um, One thing that comes back to me that makes me think it might be the, the latter, so that it's our worldview that limits what we see and informs our description of it is the story that I've told you before about locally to me here is Ilkley Moor. Ilkley Moor has 
stone circles on it, three and a half thousand years old from the Beaker people with cup and ring markings. It has UFO sightings galore. There's a photograph of an alleged alien that, albeit looks like it's carrying a briefcase, but there we go, <laughs> taken on Ilkley Moor. I've had my own strange sightings on there. But if you go back into the local folklore, there are tales of a black dog. Very, you know, Sherlock Holmes, Hound of the Baskervilles, this big, big black dog roaming the moors. But when you actually dig into the, the description as it was written at this time, nobody saw a black dog. What they saw was two orange glowing balls of light, which they assumed were the mm -hmm. eyes, the fiery eyes of this hellhound that was prowling the moors. Whereas now you might attribute that to being an orb or something. Is exactly. Yeah. And when I was, and when in the early nineties, when I was doing again, a lot of, I had a lot of my own sightings and I was really deep into this. They were called oboles, orange balls of light. And yeah, people talk now, you know, particularly Grant Cameron and people that, oh, there's this evolution of it and it's, it's orange ball. Everybody's talking about orbs now and Chris Bledsoe and his orbs. Orbs have been around a, as long as everything else again you think about yeah. the description of a, a flaming shield in the sky well yeah biblical biblical descriptions ancient Ezekiel's texts. wheel are these yeah. things not the same so i i'm i'm torn between mm. whether there is a a real attempt to, to educate us that's being led and whether that be by a like you said a a, a cabal of controlling leaders or influencers within the planet or whether it be by the phenomena itself i yeah, I, I I vacillate between the two. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you ask me both? tomorrow, you'll get a totally different answer. Could it, could it be a bit of both? And it's just uh, could be neither. Yeah, it could be both. Could be neither. Could be, yeah. It's just it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, no, really, really interesting stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm the same as you, mate. I mean, I, I, yeah, like you say, you ask me tomorrow, I might have a different different uh, different <laughs> viewpoint. Um, I don't know because. It, there's evidence to suggest there could be it could be a bit of both, but then it's not enough evidence. You know, if we were talking about evidence, particularly in my background, it's kind of have we got enough evidence beyond reasonable doubt to convict someone on? Have we got enough evidence beyond reasonable doubt to prove one way or another it is or isn't a certain thing that's causing this? And and we don't have that. Um and we probably never will have that. But yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It really is. You might have just answered this question in there. You sort of did a little bit. But this is something that, that's been running around in my head a lot recently, which is the almost hidden nature of the phenomenon. Mm. And so I'd like to get your view on whether you feel that by its very nature, the phenomenon is slightly hidden and perhaps just beyond our reach, beyond our levels of understanding, beyond the, the, the range in which we are able to see, whether that's just a nature of its its own being or whether that's deliberate whether you think there is a, a deliberate attempt by whatever this phenomenon is or parts of this phenomenon to keep itself hidden oh it's really interesting um it could be both like we say it could be neither um <laughs> and then it also depends are we talking about one phenomenon or is there multiple ones right. because I mean, we're going right, right down the rabbit hole here and we'll have to cover this in more detail in another episode. But if you're talking about <laughs> the potential of a hidden race on Earth, um, perhaps, you know, they've managed to maintain a small population after a cataclysm, but we're now a threat to them, humans are a threat to them, um, then it would be in their interest to remain hidden. So you can understand the rationale behind remaining hidden. If we're talking about something a bit more metaphysical, a bit more uh, consciousness-based, perhaps it's not something tangible or physical that's interacting with us, um, then yeah, perhaps they're playing with us. Perhaps it's um, it's a game to them. You know, we've got this old idea. Jacques Vallée talks about the trickster and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, perhaps it's that. Who who, who knows? Um, it's yeah. Like I say, this this whole podcast will be very speculative, and it's it's interesting to speculate on things. But I wouldn't like to say one way or another. I think it, I think it could be a mixture of of all of them. I think it, I think there could be an element of it remaining hidden because it has to for survival. Yeah. Um, but I also think there could be an element of it remaining hidden because there is some sort of control mechanism there, perhaps. Um, I, I don't think we're dealing with one one phenomenon. I think it's a mixture of all different things, many different things. It's just it's it's currently unexplained to us in our in our level of human understanding. I'll probably yeah. like. And I don't know if that makes, makes any sense. I've, I've just been rambling. <laughs> that, that makes it made sense, sense to me. To me. <laughs> and, 
and to me. And I wonder if that, and for me, this is one of the one of the reasons that this whole area is so much fun. And oh, yeah, we're definitely. ever going to get a solid black and white answer and we'll be here in 700 years time still having these same <laughs> discussions albeit through a different me and different through a different mechanism through a different mechanism <laughs> a different lens yeah but you know yeah. philosophers have, have, have toyed, toyed with these ideas and, and complex uh, questions for thousands of years so yeah it's, it's only going to be happening in another thousand years time isn't it so just like you say with a slightly different outlook and different understanding because technology and scientific discoveries would have advanced but yeah either way it's great to speculate it's really interesting and um I'm really looking forward to, to upcoming episodes. Um, I think we've been going, well, wow, where's that time gone? 45 minutes. Um, is it worth <laughs> us just sort of, <laughs> is it worth us just sort of going through how we see the next couple of episodes going? Because I think we spoke around trying to frame, trying to almost set up the podcast long term with the first few episodes kind of framing um, why we're interested in it and, and, and kind of un- the, the structure of, of, all the, all the different nature of the phenomenon so we can then start talking about all these different topics yeah absolutely so our intention with the first few episodes this was here really just a chance to everybody to learn who we are and a li- little bit about us and why we're doing this and our intention is we're going to create almost like an umbrella so the first two or three episodes are going to be quite broad explaining who we are what we do what the mechanism is why we're interested in it And then we're going to start to break down into some more specific areas around it. So in our next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about UFOs and UAP, what they are, how they've changed, what the terms are that have changed over the few years, and why we think that is. And then after that, we're going to start to dig a little bit more broadly again into what is paranormal. And we're going to cover a few different elements of that, ghosts, cryptids, poltergeists, anything that falls under that great big huge paranormal banner uh fourth episode after that when we're going to start to be looking uh, perhaps get a little bit more philosophical and metaphysical than even we have done today and i realize we've gone quite deep on occasion today we're going to be touching upon what is reality (laughs) it's all good stuff um yeah looking at some of the areas about you know uh the quantum realm new studies into what consciousness is and some of the the challenges that are being thrown out there around there a little bit about simulation theory and things like that and then from there we're going to take a a deeper dive Mm. into each of those individual areas and topics so again we'd love to hear from you out there if you've got anybody you'd like us to talk to as well let us know who you who you'd like us to talk with or any topics you want to throw at us, we'll do our best to to pick them up and uh, pull the bones out of them, I guess, hey, Ash? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important um, because obviously we've got things that interest us, but there's probably a whole host of other things we're not even aware of and different different topics that are linked to this that we've probably never even looked at. So um, it's, it's a big learning experience for everyone and it's a chance to be speculative, find new things of interest and, and further research as well so yeah really looking forward to um, to delving into these topics in more detail i mean yeah we've we've covered quite a bit of ground already um just sort of wet people's appetites things that we, we were going to discuss hopefully on later episodes but um i think it's a good starting point and um yeah looking forward to episode two so um well we'll have to so get on and record right. that <laughs> we do we do we've been talking about doing this for um, several months now so it's really nice to actually get get together and get this recorded we've had our fair share of challenges already this morning and i apologize if anybody can hear my dog barking in the background but hey that's the world we live in i apologize if you can hear mine snoring she's literally three foot away decided to um to sleep next to the microphone so um hopefully i bet i can't sort any noise out when we come to editing it but uh yeah it's, it, no, it's all part of it isn't it excellent one other thing that we're going to try and do as we move through this podcast is we're going to try and get together face to face because we're currently recording this remotely and we're going to try and visit some interesting sites as well mm-hmm. so again if anybody out there knows of a ufo hotspot or a haunted house or uh, anything like that let us know and tell us your stories yeah definitely i'm really looking forward to that david i mean i mean we spoke a couple of months back i, I went to rendlesham and there, there was definitely an atmosphere there uh, even my wife picked up on that and she's not overly interested in this topic at all um so yeah, I think recording episodes at, on location at certain places could be really interesting, and and who knows, we might we might experience something there. So yeah, looking forward yeah. to that. And for me, Rendlesham has a huge importance for me as well because we visited it on Boxing Day, forty-one years after the Rendlesham Forest incident. Oh wow! I took my wife, my two children. We went out into the forest in the dark and 
oh, we just had so much fun. It was brilliant. And again, you know, I say I'm not trying to force this topic upon my children, but when you can go and have fun in the mm. spooky woods hunting for a UFO, yeah, who wouldn't want to do that? No, no, that's great. I think that's it. I think that's great. Excellent. Okay, well, I just want to thank you for your time and thank everyone for listening as well. And um, we look forward to joining you on episode two where we're going to yeah like as you say we're going to be discussing the whole ufo uap side of things and uh, building up that frame of reference and that structure for, for the later podcasts so um that's all from me anything else from you davy yeah just before we go um you can find me on twitter at davy johnston and ash where can they find you oh yeah i'm on twitter as well I'm not as active as i used to be but i'm still there if you if you want to get in touch it's at uk underscore uap so yeah at uk underscore uap thank you everybody we'll speak to you soon